0: Tackling your business's finance to-dos can be daunting enough without being slowed down by QuickBooks. More like slow books. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one financial system, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash suite right now. That's NetSuite.com slash suite.
1: Welcome to today's show of If God Had a Podcast. I'm Pavlina, and I am so excited for our guest today. He made his first claim to fame as the boy wonder in the iconic Batman and Robin. This classic TV show ran from 1966 to 1986, and to this day, it's known as a classic. Everyone knows Batman and Robin. Bert Ward is with me today. Bert, it is a pleasure to have you on. You are an actor, canine rescuer, entrepreneur, activist. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, Citizen.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love that so much. So, you were only 20 years old when the series began. And when you started on Batman and Robin, so how was that? And do you think that was a big appeal for the show?
0: Slow is just right. If you're on vacation, a sloth, or describing QuickBooks, more like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. NetSuite can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to netsuite.com csuite right now. That's special financing at netsuite.com csuite. Again, that's netsuite.com csuite.
2: Well, I I think it's good that, uh, yes, I do think it was a a big appeal for the show because it brought in a younger audience. Um, Batman was, of course, a comic book that had been written uh, in the 30s and 40s. And a lot of people uh, grew up reading comic books. Um, But in 1965, uh, ABC Network uh, made a deal with 20th Century Fox, who found this production company to create a Batman TV series. And it was a mid-season replacement. No one knew if it was going to do well or, you know, just, it was something to fill in because they had to remove a show that wasn't doing well. Right. So the, the writers in designing the show said, let's do something different. Let's, let's write something that is very funny. And yet we'll have the actors play it very straight. So for kids, There's going to be hero worship of Batman and Robin riding in the Batmobile, climbing walls, fighting heinous villains, and all that stuff. Whereas for the adults, it's the nostalgia of the comic book and the comedy, and for the teenagers and college kids, also the comedy. Um, Now, what happened was they they went. Everybody decided who was a part of it, decided to do a bigger than life presentation. So you had a Batmobile that, you know, roared and you know what I mean? And it was turbine engines and all of this kind of stuff. And we had a Batcave that was a spectacular set that was made, you know, with an atomic reactor. And, you you know, you had uh, the villains' costumes and the villains were so heinous. and I mean, they were just the ultimate bad guys, you know, or bad ladies. And, uh, and Batman and Robin was so pure. And, you know, I mean, the, it, the dialogue was incredibly funny for an adult. Okay, but for kids, I mean, they took it very seriously. You oh, know what course. I mean? I mean, like, for example, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're chasing after these villains, and we're going to run across the street. And I start to run across the street and Batman stops me he says, No, that's jaywalking. We have to go through the crosswalk well here these bad guys are running away and we have to go up to the crosswalk to cross oh and God. go after the bad guys that kind of you know yes, i
1: love that
2: right and, oh i mean you know people just they loved it they went nuts over the style it was a, what they called campy style yeah and um so so our show had a very wide appeal And and actually, the part that I played, which was Dick Grayson, which was my secret true identity, uh, uh, and then, of course, as Robin, the boy wonder, Mm -hmm. kids, believe it or not, associated with Robin more than they associated with Batman. And I'll tell you why. Because, uh, you know, a youngster that looks in the mirror, sees that he's not six foot four. He's not, you know, got a driver's license, right? But Robin who, you know, was young and Robin could ride in the Batmobile. Okay, he didn't have a license either, but he could ride in the Batmobile. He could climb the walls and he was much smaller than Batman. And they could, you know, they felt more aligned with Robin, right. you know. And uh, and so it was, but I mean, there are a lot of Batman fans too, don't misunderstand me, but the kids seem to feel better about Robin because it was more their size and more kind of like something that they could Stretched their way to
1: H-D. Absolutely.
2: I and love was that a lot so of fun. Much. I mean, we had great comedy, great actors great unbelievable sets a cliffhanger that you don't know what's going to happen you know we're always threatening you know and threatening some dangerous situation and there was a lot of young kids that were you know telling their parents they're so worried that batman and robin might not make it and what was going to happen you know and the parents would oh well let's see you know thursday night you know two more days and we'll see the rest of the show and it worked really well people loved it and in fact it was such a huge hit such a huge it was the number one and number two show in the entire world that's how big batman was our opening night when they they had what's called a 55 share which meant that in north america of every television that was turned on in north america now that included not just the united states but mexico and canada that of every television that was turned on 55 percent were watching batman and the other 45 percent was spread out between local programming, regional programming, uh, the other two networks, CBS and ABC. I mean, and NBC. So they all got a little pie, but we got which, actually, in today's world, would be greater than Super Bowl ratings. That's yeah. how big Batman was.
1: The whole world just like tuned in oh, to yeah. see oh, what mean, you had, guys are doing. Had,
2: women had bat, Batman style haircuts. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Kids were putting, uh, you know, bath towels around their neck with held together with a clothespin and jumping off their couches. I mean, there was so much merchandise uh, from, you know, little Batmobiles to all kinds of Batman clothing and costumes. And, you know, it was just a mind-boggling hit. And something else we did that was different. People that watched television then, uh, the way I describe it, it's almost like a third party, meaning you're watching the good guys or the bad guys, but you're in your living room. You're really not involved out of an eye by looking into the camera sometimes. And we're, we're like trying to reach through that camera and grab those kids, you know, that are watching our show. And um, and because we were in people's homes and, you know, this is just after dinner and everybody's had their dinner. It's like seven o'clock at night and they're kind of sitting around and the whole family is together. That later on, when I would meet people who were children at the time, that now are adults, I mean, they have a special, special feeling for Adam and I because we were in their home. You know, mm-hmm. this is in their home and their safe spot and their comfortable thing. And we were very much a part of it. And we used to say that we put on our tights to put on the world. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we, that we were the superheroes that wore our underwear on the outside of our clothes. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but we had a lot of fun and everybody sensed that. And when we made the show, something really unique happened. Normally directors direct you like, oh, we'll walk over here and say that. Oh no, can you a little, be a little more concerned or, or be more angry? Whatever it is, the director tries to direct you. In the case of Batman, we had so many special effects, mm-hmm. things that were hard to make working, gigantic quicksand birthday cakes. And I mean, just all these things that we had a much bigger crew and the director and the producers and the special effects people, everybody was focused on trying to make these things work because they didn't work very well. You know, and they're <laughs> being built every week, a different a different gigantic horrible thing to happen to Batman and Robin every week and none of them worked very well so adam and i were left alone other than saying okay you're in the bat cave or you're in the batmobile or you're outside this warehouse or whatever it is the dialogue they left us alone and we did it as we wanted so and adam being the actor that he is was because he could change his style very easily and i would adjust to that style and and because we were such good friends and we had a certain chemistry. Right. It's the only way I can describe it. A chemistry is where two people can sense and react, you know, perfectly in almost in tune with each other. I love then it. People just, they, I mean, they just took it as absolutely, it, it just worked. It just know?
1: worked. And that's and how you know.
2: people that screen tested and interviewed and, there was all of this, you know, one would say their thing and the other say that, but it wasn't in tune with each other. It wasn't
1: like cohesive. It didn't it flow as cool well. Yeah. And, you know, and with and, that and, 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 Robbie, and I did happy.
2: unpredictable things. Let me tell you, for example, you know, most people, you know, you get in and out of the car through the door. Well, sometimes I did, but sometimes I jumped over the door into the Batmobile or sometimes I jumped out of the Batmobile over the door. Out. Right. And in the very first episode there was a scene where batman and robin pull up outside this warehouse where well actually it's supposed to be a museum that uh looks like a warehouse but it's a museum where uh the riddler uh is there with a museum curator and the riddler actually has what looks like a gun in his hand but it's really a cigarette lighter okay and but it looks like a gun and and so anyway we arrive because we've got this report that he's going to rob the this museum uh, person And when we we pull up, and Batman, of course, Adam was great. He would screech up in the Batmobile. I mean, really, he'd come in fast. He'd screech. Well, instead of getting out of the car, I stood up on the door and walked in the tail fin to the back of the car when I jumped off. And then they said, cut, cut, cut. We can't burn. You you know, we can't follow you. You you didn't tell us you were doing that. We had the camera set up for you to come out the door. We couldn't follow the, we got to redo that. And then they actually put the track down so they could, it's a kind of a rolling thing, but they could go with me. But but you see, they let me do these things. And when I did these things, and I wasn't calculating, oh, I'm on TV, so I'm going to do this or that. I just did what I thought would be the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, you just, you're like you know, so in the moment. You're Robin. Exactly. I love it. Exactly.
2: Yes. So th- that, then they started doing that where they're, during the rehearsal, we would do what we were going to do. And they go, oh, my God. All right. We got to go light this. <laughs> Bring more lights over. Let's do this. And, but it really worked. Yeah. And, and, and when they saw, and, and, and in fact, it was, I'll tell you something interesting. The person that directed the pilot, um, his name was uh, Robert Butler. He's still alive. And uh, I met him when I got my star in Hollywood Boulevard earlier this year. He came to the, to the event and we had a chance to talk. I hadn't seen him since 1965. I hadn't seen this man in what, 50 years, something like that five years. Okay. Hadn't seen him. Right. And he told me a story that I want to share with you. I love that. No, it's just so cool. He said, you know, He said, I was hired to do the pilot, okay? And with the pilot show, instead of being one week, they gave us three weeks because they really wanted to make it great.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: He said the executive producer came to him and said, "Uh, Bob, he says, we've got this young actor that we hired to play the part of Robin, okay? And he seems perfect for the part. I mean, he is what we believe Robin would be. In fact, when I was hired, the the executive producer told me that the reason they selected me was because forgetting television. If there was a real Robin, I mean, like the real thing, uh-huh. he said, "Bert, you did." So we don't want you to quote act. We want you to be yourself and be enthusiastic, which is what wow. I did.
1: Right. So, but anyway, he
2: tells me the story that the executive producer said, you know. I don't know if it's going to be easy for you to work with this kid or not. You know, you, you got to let me know, you know, I'd like you to go talk to him and see if you're going to be able to work with him. You know what I mean? And, and he, he tells me the story that after doing the first two scenes where we did them, to, you know, where, where I was doing the scenes with him.
1: Right.
2: And he went back to the executive producer. He says, let me tell you something. This guy is so amazingly good. He says, I know when as a director, to stay the heck out of the way and let the actor go with what, what he's doing. Cause it is better than anything I could direct him to do.
1: Oh my gosh. I love I didn't it. Know
2: this. For 55 years, I find this out. What an amazing story. What an amazing yeah. story. You know, and and so, um, and at that point, you know, everything seemed to work and Adam and I got along so well that there's chemistry. We could just do a scene, no matter what the situation was, we could improvise, and a lot of time we did improvise. We had a scene with uh, with Batgirl in the third season that we were in the supposedly the Siamese human knot where we they put us in all of this thing, and if we moved anywhere, it could you know, we could choke or die or whatever. And so we were only supposed to have two lines, like Batman said, you know, he was supposed to say something like, Robin, lean to your left and I'll try to move to the right or something like that. You know, it's just something like, I said, okay, Batman. Well, we started improvising, okay? And these you have to understand, these directors and everybody, they're so worried about what they're doing they're not really paying attention to us. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're seeing us, but when you do something so convincingly, they think that's part of the script. So oh, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. So Batman says to, to Robin, he says, uh, Robin, he says, lean to the left and see if you can move your right ear. And I said, if you, he says, if you can wiggle your ear, I might be able to pull my left hand out of my utility belt. And, and, and I started going, with, and we're doing this, and all after 30 seconds, the director says, wait a minute, cut, none of this is in the script, what's going on here? You know, th- th- you know and, and you it. can't do that, you, you know. And, and it was funny, and then we had the other situation where we added spice to the, to the show, okay, for these, I told you the college kids and the, and the teenagers, in order to keep them watching, we had to do things that had implications that were other than what we were just saying. Of course. Like double meaning and suggestive things. And you know I mean, so I'll tell you one of those. Okay? Yes, please. And, uh, this is a scene in the, in the third season with Batgirl. Now, we had brought Batgirl for whatever reason to the Batcave. We couldn't let her find out where the Batcave was located, Right. So we had to give her a whiff of bat gas, so she's knocked out. She comes into the in, into the bat cave in the Batmobile, and we wake her up, and we have this dialogue. And now we're going to take her out. So we, you know, we have to give her another whiff of bat gas, and and now she's like asleep, temporarily. And she's like sitting in the middle uh, in in the Batmobile, and Batman's in the driver's seat, and I'm in the passenger seat, right? And it's supposed to be just a very simple little two lines, like you know, uh, I say. Gosh, Batman, you know that Batgirl is really very pretty, you know, and he has a line like, you know, I'm glad to see that, Robin, that, you know, you're growing up, you know, that kind of thing. Something like that. Very right. well. Adam kept making a mistake on his line and, and they would say, cut, cut. We got to do this. All right, let's check the film, this and that. And I'll oh, check the lights and this. Uh, here we go again. He did this like 10 or 11 times which is really bad. I mean, this is now yeah, that's like a lot. To put the whole production in danger of, of not completing and time his money in the studio business. This is, I mean, that's why they call it show business. It's really business as well <laughs> as for show. And I kept saying to myself, it's such a simple line. Why is he, why is he goofing up with this? And then I started to think, wait a minute, he's doing this on purpose. He is doing this until they get to a point where, they're gonna to have to use whatever it is he says when he finally says it. Because they're gonna be so far behind that they're gonna to have to just print and use what he says.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Okay. okay, all right. You have to say this is very you know. So so here we have it. Now this is like the twelfth or thirteenth take. And they roll camera action. Gosh, Batman. You know, Batgirl is very pretty. He says, I'm glad you noticed that, Robin. It shows the oncoming thrust of manhood. And <laughs> that's what he said. And the director said, cut, cut, we got it. Let's move on. Well, that has, that has a certain implication to it, doesn't yes. it? And so two or three weeks later after the show is edited, and then the show airs. And so it was about six weeks until then all of a sudden, in come the censors. mm mm-hmm. okay. Call, and we're called in. What do you mean? Said you can't use that word thrust of manhood. You know? Whoa, what, what? You know? I forgot my line. And this no, no, no. This was snuck in intentionally. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, he'd have he I mean, and when we would do appearances, Adam was very unpredictable. See, that's why I loved him so much. He was right. so unpredictable. You never know what he was about to say, and it could get very spicy very quickly. <laughs> you know, we we would have people come up and sign. Autographs and of some, you know, of some, you know, very attractive young ladies would come up, you know, and he'd say, he says, "Oh, you're very, very beautiful," and then she'd say, "Oh, thank you." He says, "You know, I'm beginning to feel strange stirrings in my utility belt."
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh! You guys and, and were like,
2: we're really? so, so way out," and yeah. no matter who you were, it catch you off guard. <laughs> oh, and, and people would be speechless. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? and uh but he was also very funny he, he had another thing when we would do these panels where we'd go to these auto shows and and some and more recently the memorabilia shows and we'd sign autographs and they have what they call a panel where mm-hmm. at a certain time on a one one day one one of the days on the weekend like usually on a Saturday afternoon they'd get a, a giant room or giant area of the convention center and they'd get like a thousand seats or whatever one time we actually had five thousand seats in one but but it's usually around 500 to 1,000 seats. And, uh, and you know, we would come out and talk for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And the other guest celebrities would have their times. And people, it was a big thing to sit in the panel and hear the actors talk about their job. So one of the things that, I you know, I would usually come out first and people clap, you know. And then uh, I would say, and now my dear friend, you know, the let's give a big hand to Adam West, the true, one and only true Batman. Mm-hmm. So they, they'd, you know, clap and he'd come out and he would walk up to the edge of the stage. He says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to stand here for a few extra moments and let you admire my incredible physical development. You know? <laughs> <laughs> see, I can see by your look on your face, you're caught off guard, right? So you're not expecting that. No. And he said, would you like to know how it is that at age 88, I stay in such great condition? And they say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, every morning. I have a bowl of Burt Ward Gentle Giants dog food, and that keeps me. <laughs> and people are crying; they're laughing so hard because he was—he's he, so unpredictable, and you yeah. just—it's oh, like, oh, what is he going to do now? You know, because he could come out with real winners, you know, and uh, and they get it. it so it was a lot of, we always had a great time together right. because it's so unpredictable. And then I would say things that were unpredictable to him, but this is the relationship we had. And it was this chemistry that actually made our show so successful.
1: Oh, I could imagine like that kind of chemistry. Not only is that special, I think that's like a really, like, you don't always get that. There's not a lot of shows that can you know work that kind of magic. And it sounds like the two of you just were perfection and there you had so many amazing moments and there were so many memorable moments um but you had a lot of very cool actors and guest actors that would come onto the show i watched a bunch of the reruns and i loved it um did you have like was there one that you remembered the most that you just like loved you know either working with or did you have a favorite villain
2: well just imagine if you're a young actor <laughs> and and you're on a number one show in the entire world I've, yeah and every week you have major celebrities that either you watched as a kid growing up in movies or on television, depending on what, what they did. And you know, you're know you awed by them, you know what I mean? So I was like a kid in the candy store where every week it was somebody that was like a major star. So yeah. I was blown away by all of them. And I got to literally uh, you know, uh, sit there between the shots and be able to talk to them. And they were all very nice and very cordial. And and it was a it was a really enriching environment, you know. I don't know how else to say it. it was like it was very special.
1: I love that so much. And as you were saying, you kind of did whatever you wanted to do, so did Adam. And you would like walk around the car. Like, I think that's amazing. Did like were there ever a lot of injuries? Like, did you guys have stunt doubles? Like uh, how you know, it seemed pretty tame uh, compared to most shows today. But yeah,
2: yeah, there was a lot of injuries for me.
1: Oh gosh. Because- oh, really?
2: Yeah, I, I went to the hosp- emergency hospital four out of the first five days with second-degree burns and broken oh nose and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it's very dangerous. In uh, the very first shot on the very first day, I mean, you talk about starting off on the wrong foot. Right. Okay, in the cave, which is in Bronson Canyon in Hollywood, there's a real cave there. And, you know, we had to get there early in the morning. I'm there at 6 in the morning. I'm wow. in makeup. I can hardly keep my eyes open. <laughs> putting on mean, then I got to get in this very onerous costume. Let me tell you, it's, it's not comfortable at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Okay, so, <laughs> and then they said, okay, Bert. Now the first shot is the very first shot I'm doing for the series. You need to go up into the cave. The Batmobile's in there. Get in the, get in the Batmobile, and you're going to be driving out. And this is going to be the scene where you drive out right past the camera. The, and it's going to make a sharp turn and that's when you you know, drive off to Gotham City and the sign goes down and then comes back up Gotham City you know 14 miles right I said okay so I get up there and I go into the cave and you know when you walk into a dark place you, you can't see right away you know you kind of have to your eyes have to adjust open. yeah I, I kind of found the Batmobile and I got in and I looked over and I you know I saw what I thought was Adam there but it wasn't Adam and, and I mean, I had that sense that it wasn't him. I said, "Adam." He says, "No, my name's Hubie. I said, "Oh, why are why are you here in Batman's costume?" He says, "Because this is a very dangerous stunt, and the studio doesn't want to take a chance of Adam West getting hurt. So, as a stunt man, they hired me. And you know, in my business, he says, the more broken bones I get, the more money I get. So, oh my like, gosh, this is, this is dangerous. It's, oh yeah." Why? Why is it dangerous? Well, we got to come out at 55 miles an hour. We got to make a sharp left turn, okay? And it's, we're going to slide around on the dirt and then go off onto the pavement towards Gotham City. Hmm. 55 miles an hour coming out of a out of a cave on dirt, you know, and stuff like that. I said, yeah. well, uh, okay. Well, I, that's good for Adam. I said, do I have a stunt man? said, yes. Oh, yeah, you have one. Oh, well, that's good. Well, where is he? <laughs> Oh, last time I saw him, he says he was having coffee with Adam West. I said, well, He's having coffee. And and then I hear him say, Okay, roll up the cave, we're gonna start shooting. And I and I and I yell, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something <laughs> oh my wrong. gosh! There's something wrong. And then the second director comes up. He says, Bert, what's the problem? I said, This man's a stunt man. He says, Yeah, we know. He said, But he's telling me this is a very dangerous stunt. Yes, yeah, we know. He's telling me that I have a stunt man. But he, why, you know, he's off having coffee with Adam West. So, well, why am I here if it's so dangerous? Oh, we can't use the stuntman. Oh, you can't use him? Well, why not? He doesn't look like you. What? Why would you hire a stuntman to be my stuntman if he doesn't look like me? Couldn't find anybody else. Oh, my gosh. Besides, you're going to be very close to the camera when they make that sharp left turn. The car's coming right out at the camera, straight out, very fast. And when they make that turn, your face is gonna be just like a foot or two away from the camera. So they're gonna see that it's you. Yeah. You know? And and I said, Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Were you I'll terrified?
1: Be... Were you scared? Well,
2: sure. I mean, you know, when the guy oh, tells you the more broken bones he gets, the more money he gets. So <laughs> so now, I wouldn't feel
1: safe riding with him at all.
2: I know. Well now, oh uh, <laughs> There's another thing that happened on the ocean with him and really got me, nearly got me killed. But in any event, so now I'm sitting in the in the Batmobile with no seatbelt. There's nothing to hold on to.
1: Oh, my gosh. There's no, like, bar at the top?
2: This, this curved windshield, it's only about, a, like, a quarter of an inch thick, and you can't really hold on to it very well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm holding on to that for dear life because there's no seatbelt, no nothing. And we come out at 55 miles an hour, and he, the, he did it perfectly, except one bad thing happened. Unexpectedly, my door flew open. And when it flew open, it knocked the cameraman off the camera truck. It knocked one of those giant arc lamps down. If it had landed, somebody would have killed him. It threw me to the opening. And I just kind of, out of, like, I don't know, reaction, threw my arm behind me. And luckily, I got my little finger around the gear shift knob that kept me from falling out. But it took my finger out of joint. Which is horrible, incredibly painful. So now it knocked the cameraman over. Now there's dust and there's a hole, just everywhere. You couldn't even see. But People are running up, you know, because they stopped. The car stopped, okay, because right. of the accident. And they get they get to me. And they said, "Bert, are you okay?" I said, "Yes, but my hand is killing me." And even though I'm wearing a glove, my finger is already twice the size. Oh they, you know, gosh! Being pulled out in the swelling.
1: Like dislocated kind of thing, yes. or oh gosh.
2: And 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 so they said we got to get you to a hospital right away. And I said okay, okay. I'm holding my hand like this. I said, well, show me where's the car that I'm going to go to. So oh no, we can't leave now. What do you mean? We didn't get the shot. He oh said, my gosh. We got to get the shot. Wait, you had to get the, the shot first. Yes. Oh so my it, gosh. It Seven thirty in the morning, and at noon I left for the hospital after shooting three more takes. With the same guy what was driving. your
1: finger? It was like it was
2: your hand just like? It never swung. stopped hurting. It was hurting the whole time.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: So that was day one.
1: Yeah. And
2: then day two, <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, sub- I'm in a burning car that's supposed to be burning, and and the Riddler is above me, and I'm down inside a car that's on its side burning. Right. Okay, and he's supposed to climb up and jump down. I'm supposed to climb up after him and jump down, and. And it was the scene, yes, it was on fire, but something bad happened that wasn't expected. When he jumped down and I got to the top, just where I'm about to jump, and the car blew up unexpectedly. It blew up. And just imagine, all I saw was the ground coming at me so fast. Okay, I'm thrown to the ground. Okay, all right. Second-degree burns in the back of my neck, bruises on my face, you know, possible concussion on, on oh, my head. God. Okay. That's, that's then off to the emergency hospital. Okay. This was on day two. Day two, day three. I'm <laughs> oh my God. I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised you
1: table. made it out alive. I'm really surprised you guys were that's able to I do this everybody. Show for so that's long. Why I
2: tell everybody. I didn't think I was going to survive the first week. Oh my gosh. I'm tied down to the Riddler's table. Okay. And Batman is supposed to rescue me. And how does he rescue me? This is supposedly in a subway. Okay. Area. And he was going to blow a hole through the wall. They use use, um, balsa wood, this very light wood. They build what's It's like a fake wall. It looks like a real wall, but it's supposed to fall apart real easy. And you put a small charge with it. It, it, It's it's, uh, a magnesium. It's very loud and and very bright, but it's still a smaller charge. Okay, Well, they tried that, and it didn't work because... The people that built the set had forgotten to build a breakaway wall. They built a, a like we build a house with two by fours and 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 it's strong. And there's no way they could cut it up or they had no time. So you know what they did? The special effects guys got two half sticks of dynamite, and they nearly blew the entire soundstage down. And I'm tied down to the table with my arms at my side. And when the explosion went off, I couldn't hear properly for a week or two weeks. I, I was in, my ears were all messed up. I, my arms are tied down and it blew a two by four, came right down, hit me on the bridge of the nose, broke my nose. There, I'm back to the hospital.
1: Oh my goodness. I, guess,
2: I get this... the same doctor every day. I guess he must've been on duty for the week. He, he must've same... been like, what are you guys
1: doing over there? Because-
2: well, said, You might want to consider another line of business. Facts, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know you got a broken nose okay then the fourth day right I mean it, it, I mean like now I'm starting to be really you know whenever they have explosions I, I'm extra careful and I'm like. I would worried. have
1: like PTSD going to set I'd be like okay like what are we gonna like expect today like am I going to live like what's happening
2: right like, well, what's so, anxiety. so here, well so here, here's what happened on the fourth day. They said, Bert, this is a very expensive shot. Now, this is back in 1965. Right. So they said, this shot's going to cost us a quarter of a million dollars for one shot. Just one shot. One quarter of a million. Now, in today's money, that would be about $4 million. That wow. would be about $4 million for one shot. And they said, whatever you do, do not move. Because yeah. in the shot, this is in the very beginning. I don't know if you watched the first episode where Batman goes into this discotheque. That's where he does the famous tattoo seat and he's mm-hmm. drugged. And then I jump out of. I'm about to jump out of the Batmobile, and the the a Riddler shoots me with a dart in the arm, and I pass out. And he runs around to get in the car and hits what he thinks is a starter button, but it's really the uh, it's the it's a, a button that sends off an alarm. It's it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. When it sets off the alarm, fireworks shoot up from those three metal tubes in the back. I mean, real fireworks shooting like hundreds of feet in the air. Right? Oh my
1: gosh! Oh my gosh! And when they shot
2: this, they told me that Bert, once you're knocked out, you can't move. No matter what happens, Bert. No matter what, you can't move. Okay. So the scene goes good. I mean, they—they—I get shot with a dart. I pass out in the passenger seat. He comes around. He gets in, he presses what he thinks is a starter button. The fireworks go off, and he jumps out and runs around. Well, guess what? Those fireworks, which are real fireworks, when they go up in the air, they come down, don't they? They come yes. down. Yes.
0: They're
2: coming down and burning through my arm, burning through my scalp, burning through my legs, burning through my costume. Real burns. Incredibly painful. And I didn't move to protect them. And I got second, you know, second degree burns all the way through. I mean, it was just, you know, my scalp and everything. It was incredibly painful. So anyway, that's the first four days. So I didn't think I was going to make it the first week. And the studio, they're very smart. You know what they did? They took out this multi-million dollar life insurance policy on me.
1: Oh, that makes sense. There you go.
2: Then by the end of the third season, when we were going to go off the air... They gave me extra dangerous things to do. I thought they were trying to collect on that policy.
1: Oh my gosh, that is insane! I don't know how. Like, if I was getting second degree burns, I don't know if I'd be able to lay down, like, and stay still. You know, I don't care how.
2: I know. I don't care how I much know. money
1: they spent on. I wouldn't know what to do. Like that is just insane.
2: Yeah. So I it, can't was, believe... it was. A lot, but but there was good times too, you know. Right. So I mean so when you look at it and it was such a huge hit and it affected people all around the world and I and I love working with Adam he and I were such good friends and and my gosh the people just the fans were like you know kids just they die hard
1: they were just unbelievable. yes
2: oh, I mean it's yeah. like it's like oh my gosh and and you know they would come up and we would autograph things and the parents would bring them up and 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 like the kid would be so excited oh thank you daddy for doing this and like the father's like Oh, man, I'm a hero. I brought him to see Batman and Robin. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah,
1: it's like so they, it, they knew that, that was like the gift of the year. Right?
2: It, it was still a wonderful, incredible experience. Dangerous and yet a lot of fun. And uh, it was great actors to work with. It was an amazing, I, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I would have preferred less, you know, broken bones and stuff like that. <laughs> but, but overall, it was still a fantastic, a fantastic time.
1: I, I completely believe that. And no matter like the experience, I still think that would, you have so many stories and you have so many like amazing stories to tell. And I just, I love that so much, but we see superheroes differently today. You possessed magic on the TV screen for millions of young people back then. And it's really timeless. Uh, now your superhero skills have reached a different audience and that is helping dogs. How did this begin, Bert? How did this all start?
2: Well, but, but people think, that they say, well, wait a minute, you're an actor, then all of a sudden you're rescuing dogs? What does right. one have to do with the other? I, and I, I like to say that when I was playing Robin, I was the Cape Crusader, and now I'm the Canine Crusader.
1: I love it. Yes.
2: And uh, it started 26 years ago with my wife and I, we started rescuing dogs, and because uh, uh, we heard that, that these beautiful Great Danes were being put to sleep in shelters, and that the the person who had been rescuing them, um, she had actually died herself and now there's nobody rescuing Great Danes. And and just so that your audience can understand, yeah. dogs are rescued, it's kind of like what they call breed specific, meaning there's a Chihuahua rescue, there is a German shepherd rescue, you know, there's an Irish wolfhound rescue. And we were a Great Dane rescue initially. And one thing led to another where people would bring us their Great Danes and uh, they'd say, Well, I've got this uh, I've got this, uh, you know, little dog here. I guess I'll take it to the shelter and put it to sleep because it doesn't have a home. I said, well, no, no, wait. I look at my wife and said, wait, wait a minute, don't. We'll take that dog too, you know. I mean, we're not going to let somebody die, right, if we can avoid of it.
0: So,
2: um, but, but it, it we, so we started taking these dogs. Now, at first, it was great dates, And right. I told my wife, Tracy, I said, look, we can't let these dogs die because we've heard they're dying in shelters, right? Yeah. And, and he said, I said, so how about, just for a couple of weeks, just till we find somebody else. <laughs> of course. Through.
1: It always starts as a couple of weeks. It couple always, weeks that's how it always right? starts. Yeah.
2: Well, it's been 26 years and I'm still waiting for somebody to come take it <laughs> over, right? Rescue me. But right. in any event, so by the end of the first month, we had 102 Great Danes in our house.
1: 102.
2: 102. Big Great Danes. Oh my
1: gosh. Great Danes. Can we just like take a second? Great Danes are huge. Like I'm, I'm a pug person. I love my cute little smushed in face pugs and they're tiny. Like they're small. Great Danes. Those are like miniature. They're no, they're like the size of a horse. They're like a little bit smaller than a horse, right? They're
2: huge. Although we had some really big ones. Uh, we have, uh, and I'll send you some stuff to input. If you want, uh, we, one of our dogs stood on his hind legs, seven feet, five inches tall four inches taller than Shaquille O'Neal, the basketball player. And wow. Weighed, this one weighed 285 pounds. Okay. Oh,
1: my gosh. Now, like, that, that that is a dog. Like, does that dog sleep in your bed? Like, is that the kind well, of – Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, we have 50 in our bed all at one time. Now, they can't all get on the bed, but they're all around the bed, and you probably got 10 or 15 on the bed at any one time. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Well, if you get a chance, go to our website, gentlegiantsdogfood.com. And at gentlegiantsdogfood.com, the first thing you see is my wife and I in bed with 50 giant dogs and some small ones too. Okay. I mean,
1: the bed can never get cold. I don't think you guys could ever be chilly. You know what I mean? Like going to bed. Well, no.
2: Actually, it's interesting you brought that up because the body heat of dogs is much higher than that of a human. And we have to have enormous amounts of air conditioning in our home. We can't use a regular three or five ton air conditioner. We have multiple air conditioners, totaling 35 tons of air conditioning.
1: Oh my That's gosh. Like
2: doing yeah. a giant building of air conditioning or a hotel <clears throat> because the body heat is so great of the dogs. So, but the thing is, so we rescued these dogs and yes. when we rescued Great Danes, they traditionally have a short lifespan, only seven to nine years. And we would adopt them, but we didn't always get every dog adopted. And then we, when we would lose one, I mean, literally, we sobbed. It's just such an emotional thing because you are have such a loving animal. And let me tell you something. And I know you love pugs, and they're great, too. (laughs) The bigger the dog, the more gentle they are. The bigger they are, the more gentle they are. That's why they call them gentle giants because because I could take two of my biggest dogs just with my little finger and hold on to each one by my little finger on their collar, and they'll go anywhere I want them to handle than a, a small dog because the small dog looks up at a person and says oh look at that giant person there and they're a little intimidated the, the giant great danes they look down on me you know
1: exactly yes and they're,
2: they're huge okay wow and, uh, in any event they because they didn't live very long my wife and i was so upset when we would lose one that we vowed if we could if we could find a way to help them live longer we would mm-hmm. and Having lived with 15,526 years, let me tell you something, that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week with all these dogs, always a minimum of 50, always a minimum of 50 in the house, right? So we developed feeding and care techniques where we feed and care for dogs differently than other people do. And by the way we did it, we refined it such that our dogs, just by the way we feed them alone will live an average of three to four years longer, just by the way we feed them and care for them. Oh my then, gosh. Our Great Danes, instead of living seven to nine years, were living 10 to 12 years. That's huge. But we wanted to see if we could get them to live longer. Right. So we decided the only thing we could think of that we hadn't done was make their food. And because we could afford it, we vowed we would make the finest food there was. Whatever we could do, no matter what it took financially, because we were yeah. making it just for our dogs. We never thought about selling the food. It, it, you have to understand, we're, you've got 50-some-odd dogs in your house. You're so occupied with those dogs. You can't think of any long. other dog. You've got enough in your I, house. I, <laughs> I, the whole world doesn't exist. Anyway, so we, we went to make the food. And we thought when we made it, you said, you know, if we use the best of the best, if we do everything the best, maybe right. we can help them live a year longer, maybe two years longer, right? And then we found out something that was very upsetting to us, and it changed our lives forever. And yeah. here's what we found out. Dog food companies know something the average person doesn't know, which is, the more fat they put in dog food, the hungrier it makes dogs. This is a really money. Yes. And the more hungrier your dog is, and the more you feed him, the more dog food you buy. Dog food is full of fat intentionally. And not only is it full of it on the inside, but I tell people all the time, go yeah. feel your dog's food. Feel it in your fingers, you know, and then put the kibbles down and rub your fingers together. See if you don't feel that slightly greasy feeling. It is Everybody, greasy, yes. Right? You know what that's doing? That's killing your dog. Let me explain to you how, okay? Uh, all right. Think oh my this gosh,
1: way. I'm going to go back. Like My mom has three pugs, back home in florida and i'm gonna
2: you have to feed our food and i'll tell you why we can't do (laughs) but what happens is think of it this way you would never take a can of bacon grease and pour down your garbage disposal at home would you you would never take animal fat and pour it down there because you know that unlike water that evaporates animal Mm -hmm. fat coagulates yeah it hardens and when it hardens it's like cement and if you took a can of bacon fat or chicken fat and poured it down your garbage disposal and you let it sit there, you would have where you have to literally buy a new garbage disposal. They'd have to tear out the pipes and put new ones in. Yeah. So you yeah. say to yourself, when you realize that animal fat, when it hardens, will ruin a metal garbage disposal, what do you think that metal, I mean that that that, that animal fat is doing to the arteries and intestines and exactly. your bugs when every single meal Every single bite, every single kibble mm-hmm. is encapsulated in animal fat. It's prematurely killing dogs.
1: That's so messed up. That is
2: so our dogs. If you felt our food, it's so dry mm-hmm. and if you rub those kibbles hard enough, you can make a powder of our food. Yeah. And do- and, and, and and they're not greasy, they're not greasy on the outside. Okay. Right. So, and and now here's the interesting thing. A dog's body and so is a cat's body. They're kind of amazing in one way. Given enough time, that grease and stuff that's in their intestines, the yeah. body will it and it will get it out of the dog system, the cat system. It will reject Oh, that's it.
1: so good. So, like, if they eat your food long right. enough.
2: So what, what happens is they, they, in a month it'll come out. But with all those other dog foods and cat foods, it's just putting that fat right back in. Right. So they, they, their, their arteries are clogged. Their intestines are clogged. The nutrients can't flow freely throughout the body. Right. Well, with our food, it doesn't put the fat back in it. Do you you understand? Absolutely. It it allows that once the fat is out, now the arteries and intestines are clean and open. And when the dog eats our nutritious food, all of that is now rushing through the body to bring nutrition to the dog. That's why our dogs are living up to 27 and a half years. Our dogs, I've got one right here is twenty-five years old, runs around like a puppy.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, wait, hold on for one second. I need to charge my computer. I'm just gonna grab go my charger. I have like one question left for you and then we'll be done. Okay, I promise. Home No, I don't want
2: to be done. I have to talk more. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry about that i know no, it, like I you be, said that and then i like i, I, I got I the
2: notification and i was like wait food.
1: we can't die like don't die on it
2: <laughs> can you that? hear me
1: yes i can hear you
2: yeah i want to i want to have enough time to tell you where our food is available
1: where yes an is available. absolutely uh, absolutely that's why i want that's why i had to plug in the computer a little bit
2: of time so yes. but let me finish it. I'll, yeah i'll just pick up and talk okay yes so one of the ways that we have dogs living so long also is that we do not use genetically modified organisms in the food. You've heard about GMOs, right? Of course, yeah. On our website, generalgiantsdoggroup.com, there's a section that we talk about our special feeding and care program, that's the name of it, where your viewers and listeners can go there and they can read about how is it that we actually have these dogs living so long? What do we do, step by step? Right. But one of the things there on that page is a video that we got from other veterinarians who all these prominent veterinarians put a video together. And basically what they're saying in their video is that 20 years ago, they they would only see one or two patients a month, the dogs or cats that had cancer. Now they're seeing five to 10 a week. And they attribute that to the genetically modified organisms in the food. Right. Almost all the other dog food companies use genetically modified organisms because I mean, it's not that they ask for them, but the food is cheaper that way. It's very expensive to get it without GMOs in the food. You know what I mean? When 90% of rice and and, and grains have it in there. So so it costs us much more money to do it the right way. But the results are so dramatically different. And our dog food is called Gentle Giants. It's dog and puppy food. And we also have our Gentle Giants cat and kitten food. And we lost two cats, by the way, last year. One was 31 years old. One was 32 years old. Unheard of to live that long. Okay? That is
1: unheard of. And they must have been living their best lives, feeling their best. Like Our dogs
2: here, listen to this. Our dogs are so healthy here. Uh-huh. The only time they go to a veterinarian is every three years for a $10. Oh That's how healthy. Okay. Wow. Every three years. Now, so our food is now available in Walmart's and Targets and you know and stores all across the country, and then mm-hmm. online, and and like Target.com, Walmart.com, uh, PetSmart.com, Petco.com, Tractor Supply.com, and our own new store called Gentle Giants Pet Food. Excuse me, Gentle Giants PetProducts.com. That's our new store. So, but and we make our food fresh every day. All all these other companies have warehouses. Where food's been sitting there for weeks or months before it's sold. We make it like making bread. It's made fresh every single weekday. And the next day, when it cools down, it is packaged and shipped out.
1: That is amazing.
2: Fresh nutrition for their dog. And because we don't take any salary from this, we don't take any salary. No
1: salary whatsoever. Uh,
2: Oh my gosh. So that the price of our food is much less. In fact, in a pet store, you would pay more than twice the amount of money for a similar food to ours, but not a food that would keep your dog living 27 years. That's, but ours is, and so our motto is actually half the price and twice the life. That's our Oh motto. my
1: gosh, I and love that.
2: affordable for everybody who loves their pet to have them be able to live longer. And your pugs can live so much longer. Most people tell us when they switch to General Giants that yeah. after a month, you know how I told you about the month it takes for the grease and stuff to come out of their system. But most people tell us after a month on our food, they think they have a different dog or a different cat. They can't believe it's the same animal. The dog is healthier, happier, that people write to me and say, you know, my dog's coat is so different, or my dog for the last, used to jump up on the bed and for the last three years couldn't jump on the bed anymore. Now he's jumping on the bed again. Thank oh my you gosh. for i back. It changes dramatically the dog's lives. And this is again. This is our charity. We don't take any salary for this.
1: I love this so much because I always am talking about you know wellness, mental wellness, physical wellness for like for people. So I know the importance of what you put in your body is going to be how you feel, how you sleep, everything, and that is no different for our dogs. And I think it's so funny. I remember growing up. I would always go get a like a, a bowl or something so I could scoop out the dog food because I didn't want all that grimy stuff on my hands. It makes sense now. I know what it is. Took me 20 years to get there, but now I know what it is. That's insane. I can't believe that. But I just I'm so thankful for what you do because I love dogs so much and dogs should be you know living their best lives and you know be that happy little puppy all of the time and and I love that you are able to. Give them those extra years that you know. Obviously, they deserve five to you
2: know. ten more years, or, and yes. sometimes more. More than half of the dogs we have here now in our rescue have already lived twice their normal lifespan.
1: That is twice incredible. Already. So, is Gentle Giants product dog
2: and come? puppy food, and yes. and also a Gentle Giants cat and kitten food because it's for all breeds, all ages. Just because they call it Gentle Giants. That's just because <laughs> of the name of our rescue. But of course. it's for breed of every dog. And, and, you know, uh, we love people that that love their dogs, you know, and we, we get about 1,100 people contacting us every week, just to ask questions.
1: Wow. Like,
2: oh, how much should I feed, or what do I do about this, or my dog had this problem. Our dogs don't have illnesses. Period.
1: See, that's, okay, is that related? I know pugs, you know, I have a lot of experience with my pugs. They have a lot of different health issues, and, like, some of our girls, like, they've been okay, but, like, they... They occasionally will have like knee issues or joint issues. Um, is that also contributed to the food? Do you know? Like, is Absolutely. that Absolutely. Like oh my right,
2: gosh. Let me give you an example. Yes. You've heard of glucosamine and chondroitin, right? I'm yes. sure you've heard of glucosamine and chondroitin. You those are um, for joints. Right. And you can find that in uh, in in grocery stores. Like, there's a product named Activia that's that's for for people. Oh yeah, you know, of course. Support for the joints and stuff like that. Okay. Well, glucosamine and chondroitin come in a powdered form, okay? And they're very good, okay? But there is one place on earth, one place that in a living form has a super ca- concentration of glucosamine and chondroitin, and it's living, okay? And, and it's new, It's a superfood. It's called New Zealand green mussels from oh. New Zealand. Only place on earth that has these mussels, Okay. Mm-hmm. They're a hundred dollars a pound, and they're in every bag of our dog food, and they're in every can of our canned.
1: Oh my gosh, food. this is amazing! This is like nobody but, does that. No, I have never heard of anything like
2: that. We go to for the animals. It's it, it's extreme health, you know, thing for their health, mm-hmm. and because and we have no GMOs and we use the very finest ingredients, that's the reason, you know, yeah. that our dogs are so healthy. And they're just not sick, period. And you right, hear about right. dogs getting, oh, they, they have this problem, and this kidney problem, or this liver problem, or crystals in their urine, and this and this and that. We have none of them ever, ever had it. it. And we've never had a recall. And the people that make our food for us, they're not even a dog food company. They've never had a recall. And, right. and example, like for our chicken, we use Tyson chicken. That's mm-hmm. Tyson is the largest a supplier of chicken in the United States. When you go to your grocery store, you'll see packages of Tyson chicken, okay? We use the same company. We don't go to something where it's cheaper. We go to the best suppliers and use the best ingredients. Because our the-
1: dogs deserve the best. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I think dogs are better than people most of the time, but that's just me. Where can people- But well, you know why a dog,
2: they say as a dog is man's best friend? Yes. They, because he wags his tail instead of his tongue.
1: Oh my gosh! I love it. That. That's so cute. That's so fun. I love. Well, where can people get your the dog food for their dogs? And, well, where, they, they, and also, where can they support Gentle uh, Gentle Giants?
2: Well, first of all, what they should do is they yes. should come to our website, GentleGiantsDogFood.com, so they can learn about how to properly feed and care for their dog. That's going to add years to the dog's life. Okay. Right. And then they, if they want, they could go to any of these like Target or Walmart locally or online to PetSmart, Petco, Walmart, Target, Chewy. All of them have our food. And we also have our own store, GeneralGiantsPetProducts.com. And on there, if you order from us, it is literally shipped out the next day to you. So that you're getting incredible. incredibly fresh food. And we really believe that the sooner a dog or cat eats food that's been freshly prepared the sooner they eat it after it's made the better the nutrition
1: i love that i love that so much well everyone needs to go get your dog food they need to support gentle giants and thank you so much for being here with me today. And I also have to mention, congratulations on your star this year, like your star of Hollywood. Like that is amazing.
2: Yeah, well it only took 50 years. <laughs> I tell people yes. I'm a patient person, but 50 years is a long time to wait, wouldn't you think?
1: That That's a minute, but congratulations. It's amazing that it finally happened. I love that so much. So much continued success. Um, also with your canine endeavors. Give lots of like puppy kisses to them because I, I love Great Danes. I think they're so beautiful. But I'm Pavlina Oster from If God Had a Podcast. And thank you to our special guest, Bert Ward. Thank you so much.
2: To the Batmobile citizen.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c sweetradiocom